The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Orange Black Insider Bengals Podcast, courtesy of CincyJungle.com. This is the Week 2 post-game show, Thursday Night Football Edition. Unfortunately, the Cincinnati Bengals came up short once again for the second time in as many weeks in the 2020 season. They lose to the Browns on the road, 35-30. Bengals give up a lot more points than they did in the first week and scored a lot more points than they did in the first week. And unfortunately, the Bengals come up short again. A lot of arguments could be made in terms of finding positives, finding negatives. There's a lot to be had on both of those. And there are a lot of different viewpoints on a lot of different aspects to this game. I apologize for some of the background noise. I've got some kids in the background. So you know how it is working from home. You got to bear with. So I apologize. But Appreciate you tuning in live, especially those of you joining me on the East Coast and really around the world. We know we've got a lot of people watching the show around the world, and uh, I know it's late for many of you, but unfortunately, you just witnessed a very up and down game from the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's been a mixed bag for the first two weeks from this team as they lost to the Chargers in week one at home on a short week, traveled to Cleveland, and made a game of it at the end, unfortunately. The Browns just kind of played keep away for the Bengals, which is what they wanted to do, and they were not able to achieve that. They had to play catch up the entire game. For those of you who maybe bet on the Browns to cover the spread, uh, you're probably disappointed, or if you bet on the Bengals to cover the spread, I I should say, I guess, um, you're probably a a bit more ecstatic if that's a positive takeaway you want to want to take from here again i'm anthony kazenza with cincyjungle.com and the orange and black insider you can get all of our programs on itunes stitcher spotify google play megaphone iHeartRadio. you can subscribe to our youtube channel there is a i believe it's under my oh, it's under my left shoulder a little icon on the youtube uh, channel there for those watching us there you can subscribe there or all of our stuff is on cincyjungle.com i'm going to share something with you here so bear with me one second. But what I'm, what I'm sharing with you here is kind of some statistics. And you can't, you can't fault Joe Burrow in a lot of respects. Joe Burrow, 37 of 61, 300, a 300-yard passing game in his second career start, 316 yards, three touchdowns. 
Uh, he, the only turnover Joe Burrow had was a sack fumble. Um, and you can kind of fault him for that a bit. Not really, though. The, the, the kid was harassed by Brown's defensive linemen, and they went after him. And to Joe Burrow's credit, he kept coming. He responded drive after drive after drive with points, sometimes with touchdowns. Unfortunately, the Bengals offense responded with field goals instead of touchdowns, especially in instances that that they responded with field goals to a Cleveland Browns touchdown. And that was a critical facet of the game. But 61 passes from your rookie quarterback in his second career start. I know you want Joe Burrow throwing the ball a lot. I don't know that in his second career start on the road against a divisional opponent that you want him throwing the ball 61 times, especially, especially when you just paid Joe Mixon this gigantic contract. Joe Joe Mixon, 16 carries, 46 yards, a 2.9 yard per carry average. Not great. Joe Burrow, seven carries, 19 yards, making stuff happen with his legs. And I got to tell you, there was a drive at the end of the game when the Bengals scored a touchdown. Joe Burrow escaped potential sacks at least twice that I counted maybe three times and made something happen, extended the drive, and was able to get into the end zone to at least keep the game interesting. I, I liked Andy Dalton. I loved what he brought to the team, and, you know, God bless him. But I don't know that Andy Dalton, especially in the recent years of the Andy Dalton era, I don't know that Andy Dalton would have stayed on his feet to extend plays and made things happen the way that Joe Burrow did. Was Joe Burrow perfect tonight? No. There were missed throws. There were missed opportunities. However, he was sharper than he was the week prior. Did not throw an interception. Did not throw an interception on 61 passes, guys. That is crazy. And... Unfortunately, the completion percentage is not ideal, but this game is not on Joe Burrow. This is not on quarterback play. This is not on him committing rookie turnovers and and rookie mistakes. This is on the offensive line, and this is on the defense as a whole. And you can even argue in some facets, if you look down at the receiving core here, I know you've got some drive stuff going on on the left for those of you Looking at my shared screen, you can look at the lack of receiver production. There's a lot of distribution of the ball, which is what you want out of Joe Burrow and which is what you should expect out of Joe Burrow. However, no big plays, really. A lot of eight, five-yard plays, eight-yard plays, 11-yard plays, that sort of thing. You can see Tyler Boyd, seven receptions on, on eight targets. Drew Sample... You know, it seemed like he was having a big night, but unfortunately all those catches were just kind of, you know, three-yard crossing patterns, that sort of thing. Seven catches on nine targets. Uh, C.J. Uzama unfortunately left the game late in the game. Four catches for 42 yards on six targets. He did have the touchdown reception, as did Tyler Boyd late in the game. And Mike Thomas uh, coming up. You know, I I think a lot of us were a little critical about the Auden Tate healthy scratch in, in lieu of starting Mike Thomas. However, Mike Thomas has shown to have a rapport with Joe Burrow to this point, and uh, it shows a bit the first two weeks. Mike Thomas does have a touchdown reception so far and uh, has been at least a little bit productive in this offense. A.J. Green, you know, 
there were a couple of missed opportunities at the, the very first shot in the game. That was a little bit of a missed throw by Joe Burrow, slightly out of bounds. A.J. Green made a great effort, almost had that. Uh, beat Denzel Ward on the left sideline, unfortunately, missed the ball and then came off the field for a player to came back on. There was a play at the end of the game where he would have had a touchdown. Unfortunately, one of his arms, I believe it was his right arm, was held by the defender. Of course not called. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of other catches that you thought A.J. Green, at least A.J. Green four or five years ago would have caught in, in his sleep but did not catch it. And, and uh, unfortunately, you see a really paltry stat line for A.J. Green, three catches, 29 yards, on 13 targets, three catches on 13 targets, not great. Unfortunately, when you look at Joe Burrow and he's got the 300 yard game, he's got the three touchdown game, the deep balls aren't there. And there are pluses and minuses to that. You want the big plays. You want Joe Burrow to, to hit these big plays to these big play wide receivers. T Higgins did have a couple of catches. Uh, you you kind of think maybe he's a big play guy, nothing there. John Ross, no catches on two targets. I mean, yikes there. Unfortunately, because of the pressure and the lack of protection up front and really Joe Burrow taking what a defense gives him, you're, you're seeing a lack of the, the big plays, the explosive plays. You're, you're kind of seeing more the chain moving plays, the drive extending plays, which is fine. But unfortunately, you know, it's not an overly explosive offense. But, hey, look, Joe Burrow is not to blame for tonight. And you want to go you want to go and uh, play the blame game. I think you got to go to Lou Anarumo and his defensive unit. Unfortunately, just not coming to play tonight. Uh, over well over 200 yards rushing. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. We know they're very, very good football players. We know they were going to be threats in this game. Unfortunately, the Cincinnati Bengals did not have an answer for them. And then when they did have answers for them, Baker Mayfield and company gave them fits with the play action pass game. Did not have a lot of answers. William Jackson in the secondary played outstanding last week. Unfortunately, this week, much different story, much different story. William Jackson did have the interception late in the game, which, which helped the team for sure. However, uh, Jesse Bates was missing tackles on a routine basis against the run as were many other players. Um, and unfortunately when you're the road team on a Thursday night game, you are, going to see a lot of missed tackles. You're going to see a lot of sloppy play. I'm not creating excuses for the Cincinnati Bengals, but that's part and parcel of playing on Thursday night and being the road team. That's just what happens. Unfortunately, fatigue sets in. And as you saw in the injury report, no Geno Atkins, no Mike Daniels, that crushed the defense. And then, of course, you've got no Sean Williams for the second week in a row, a guy who is a physical presence that really the Bengals want to play in kind of a, you know, safety role. But you also move Von Bell up in a linebacker safety hybrid type of role so you, you can be a little bit more flexible on defense. And ideally, when you have a Daniels and Atkins healthy, you can rotate in. So not all of the attention is on DJ Reader and you've got no pass rush to speak of there. The Bengals pass rush was 
absolutely deplorable again this week. They had no answer for Baker Mayfield and the Browns offensive line that, yeah, a lot of guys ended up playing who were deemed questionable going into this week, but they were battered. They were battered going into this week. There was no question about that. And the, and the Bengals defensive line did not take advantage whatsoever of the injuries there. And yes, Joe Burrow did take advantage of a beleaguered secondary for the Cleveland Browns. But again, those big plays weren't there. For those wondering about Joe Mixon and the run game, we knew the offensive line was going to be an issue. We just knew it. We knew that Bobby Hart was going to be a liability. We knew that Jonah Williams, while he could be a potential franchise tackle, is a work in progress. He had a holding penalty. You can question that one if you'd like. He had a holding penalty. There were some issues in this game, far more prevalent than there were in the first game, at least in terms of glaring issues, glaring plays that stood stood out. Bobby Hart continues to be a liability at right tackle. The Bengals played Fred Johnson, a guy they kind of want to give opportunities to. They played him at right guard because Xavier Suofilo was moved to IR. Instead of giving the nod to Billy Price, they let Fred Johnson take the snaps at right guard. And unfortunately, that was not ideal. There was a lot of, there were some ups, a lot of downs with Fred Johnson at right guard. And then Michael Jordan, a guy who had a decent day against the Chargers, did not do well against the Browns on Thursday night. There were some moments, but again, another guy who's in his very early 20s, needs a lot of development. And is this is this a team that is is willing to allow that kind of development and and how long is the leash for all of these guys okay that's that's the question here and if we're talking about long leashes if we're asking the question about long leashes we have to have to point out the coaching staff namely Zach Taylor and Jim Turner those two are with, are not without blame for the first two losses of this season look Zach Taylor, offensive genius. I I know last year was a feel-it-out process. This year is a rebuilding process. Look, guys, 18 games, there's two wins. And I see a lot of people that I know in prominent Bengals coverage guys, guys that cover the team that are, hey, I'm okay with going with four wins and six wins and whatever. That means higher draft pick. Guys, we've had four years of that already. Four Four consecutive years. At some point you got to stop the losing and you got to stop the similar mistakes and hoping to lose again in a consecutive year where, Hey, tanking's okay for Joe Burrow, hoping to, to lose again, to get a premier offensive lineman, Panay Sewell, who by the way is opting not to play college football this year. Is it safe to put your eggs in that basket? I'm not overly certain about, about that. I know a lot of people like that idea. And, yeah, you can play Jonah at right tackle. You can play Sewell Sewell at left tackle. And potentially you have a Levi Jones, Andrew Whitworth, Levi Jones, Willie Anderson type of scenario. But this is all pie in the sky thinking. And at some point, you have to start winning football games. You have to start showing improvement. And I know this is a rebuilding year, but good Lord. I mean, take a shot downfield and convert it. Start blocking up front. Do the basics of tackling. I mean, the, the basics are not being done. And I understand 
the issues of this specific preseason. I understand the issues of Zach Taylor's two preseasons coming into the Bengals head coaching position, given the fact that he coached in a Super Bowl beforehand and got a late start as a rookie head coach. And this year, obviously, with the COVID pandemic and everything, but the Bengals made five offseason acquisitions to the linebacker spot. They brought in DJ Reader, Mike Daniels, Khalid Kareem. I mean, they made a lot of defensive acquisitions. Trey Waynes, who unfortunately isn't playing, but they made all these defensive acquisitions. They're letting up well over 200 yards of rushing. Really another embarrassing type of performance for the most part on primetime. Thanks to the quarterback throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns. The game kept was close and entertaining, but really, for the most part, there was a 12 to 14 point deficit throughout much of the game tonight. And the Browns kind of played keep away. The Bengals made it interesting, as I said, but didn't do enough. And unfortunately, you look at Zach Taylor, you look at Lou Anarumo, you look at Jim Turner. These are coaches. I know they're going to be given this entire year because it's a rebuilding year, but you have to at least look at these guys and say, what are we doing? If you're Zach Taylor, if you're Jim Turner, you saw that offensive line, you saw the talent or lack thereof that you had there, the lack of investments there. And you said, Hey, we're fine. We can make this work. Now, whether that's an ownership issue or the coach is not pushing hard enough, I don't really know, but at some point you have to look at the talent on that offensive line or lack thereof and say, we need more. We need more help. And I love the draft picks the Bengals made this year throughout the first couple of rounds. However, when you wait till the sixth round to take an offensive guard slash offensive tackle in Hakeem Adeniji and your only offseason acquisition in free agency was Xavier Suofilo, of course, you're going to question things. And if you're Jim Turner, if you're Zach Taylor, if you're Brian Callahan, why are you not pounding the table to say we have to protect our most valuable asset and Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow and get able bodies in front of him, able players in front of him to at least at a minimum keep them keep them healthy for 16 games. The hits that he is taking in these first two games, the hits that he has taken in these first two games have been really scary. Really scary. Miles Garrett hit him pretty hard tonight. There were a couple of hits both tonight and in the first game that were very scary. And I was worried he was not going to peel himself up off the turf. I really was. Uh, And fortunately for the Bengals, fortunately for Joe Burrow, he's a tough guy and he has some, you know, a high level of grit. So he keeps, keeps doing that. But at some point, you got to do what you can. You got to do what you can to protect that quarterback. And it's getting, it's getting scary back there. I, I go back to what I was saying about the, the deep balls too. And the, and the deep plays, the big plays. You'd like to see that more, more frequently with this offense, but is there even an opportunity given the protection issues? The Bengals like to spread things out with a lot of different wide receivers because that's what Joe Burrow did at LSU and a lot of different options. And granted, he's doing well. He's hitting these these short crossing routes, getting the ball out quickly, high percentage passing, and he's and he's highly accurate. He's taking care of the football. But you know, when you have and you need these five to seven step drops to keep opposing defenses honest, 
Are you going to be able to run that with this offensive line you're trotting out there? And if so, or do we have to wait till week 14, week 15, week 16, week 17? Well, week 17, sort of, you know, with the bye week. But you understand what I'm saying. Are, are the Bengals going to need to wait till that late season surge for the running game to take shape, for Joe Burrow to be able to throw the ball deep and things clicking? Maybe some of you have already accepted that because this is a rebuilding year. That's okay, but at some point, four consecutive years of losing, a lot of regression in those four years, and now we have a new franchise quarterback, a lot of re-signed core players, veteran core players on this offense, a, a new look on this defense, and your own two. The defense has given up. Gosh, I guess I would assume I, I got to look, but probably close to 400 yards in the first two games alone rushing between the Browns and the Chargers. What happens with the Ravens? What happens when the Ravens take when they take the field against the Ravens? Is that going to be a 300 game? Not looking forward to that if it's more of the same. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. I'm going to be here for another couple of minutes. Great to see both of uh, a lot of you joining us on both of the channels that we stream post game. Hopefully you joined us for the, the pregame as well with Matt Minnick taking the helm as well as John Sheeran, myself this week, we had Bengal super fan. Yaz, go, go follow Yaz. Yo, yo, it's Yasmin on Twitter. Uh, very entertaining follow. And then we also have Mark Schofield who covered the NFL college football and specifically Joe Burrow. Hopefully you enjoyed that. So join us every week as we bring you the pregame show, courtesy of Narragansett Beer. Appreciate that and uh, appreciate your support on that. It's a new thing we're doing and uh, hope you're enjoying it. By the way, apologize for the background noise. Got a lot of got a lot of kids in the background. We're having some fun despite the Bengals losing in week two against the Browns, 35-30. And yeah, unfortunately, this has to be said. Unfortunately, this has to be said, okay? And I brought it up for those who listen to our Wednesday Orange and Black Insider Weekly Show. For those who watched our pregame show, I brought it up there as well. But at some point, you have to question the clutch gene of this team. The big get with Joe Burrow coming to the Cincinnati Bengals is the, the, the playing well in big games, the, the, you know, playoff performances, the college football playoff performances, the, the massive amount of great performances in huge games by Joe Burrow. To me, when you look at football IQ and all of that accuracy, all of that is great. But the big play performances, the big performances in big games was the big deal for me when it's Joe Burrow coming to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's the big deal for me. Joe Burrow in these first two games, for the most part, has shown has shown up. He's shown up. He had an egregious interception against the Chargers, but gave the team an opportunity to win at the end of the game. Week two. 300 plus yards, three touchdowns. He did have a fumble on a sack that ended up being grabbed at the one yard line by the Browns defense. However, 
of all the issues that you can point to of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow is way down the line of the issues for this team. And when you look at Randy Bullock missing that field goal, you pan over to Joe Burrow's face on the sideline. When you look at tonight, Joe Burrow throwing, what I say, 60-plus passes, 61 passes. 300 yards, three touchdowns, and still driving, scoring touchdowns at the end of the game. It's not it, – you got to kind of wonder at some point – when does the rest of the team show show up and catch up to Joe Burrow? When does he grab the team by the haunches and make sure that other players are showing up and playing well? When does the rest of the team end up playing well? And, of course, we're talking about primetime because the Bengals lose again on Thursday night football. So, if you look at Thursday night football, the Bengals lose again. And how much stock do you take in that? Do you, do you take any stock in it? You say, hey, it's week two, it's a short week, it's on the road, and new quarterback, and the season's a wash anyway. Okay, maybe. I understand that argument. But at some point, somebody's got to start winning these games. Whether it's Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis and Carson Palmer, whether it's Zach Taylor and Andy Dalton, or Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. Somebody's got to start winning these games. Especially because these primetime games, many of them are in division. You're always going to get a Bengals-Steelers game on Monday Night Football. You're always going to get a Browns-Bengals game on Thursday Night Football. you got to start winning these games, and the Bengals do not have a great track record of success in winning these games. And I know that Joe Burrow is bringing the clutch gene. I know that he is bringing a, a high level of production, but if the rest of the team is not following with him and you're still – losing these types of games and you're still losing them in yeah they only lost by five points but if you're still losing them in in somewhat embarrassing fashion you gotta you gotta ask who's responsible you gotta ask why and these are these are uh big questions to ask i'm gonna get on out of here though appreciate all of you tuning in thanks for tuning in here i know it's late for many of you I think we all know there are more questions than answers at this point in the season. I know that it's still very early. Bengals can turn things around. And quite honestly, for those of us who thought that the Bengals could win anywhere from six to nine games this year, we kind of felt like the early part of the season was going to be rough. We felt like this part of the season, there's going to be growing pains. And even from the great Joe Burrow and his immense college season, we knew that there were going to be growing pains. However, Still, 0-2 stings, 0-2 stings, and the way that the losses have occurred sting. And when you go 0-2 and you start 0-1 in the division, that's not a good way to start. And this, again, these first two games seemed pretty winnable. Whether you, you actually looked at the games, if you looked at them beforehand and you said, no way the Bengals are winning either of these games, or – if you changed your mind because of what transpired in either of those games, you have to look at these and say the Bengals squandered two opportunities in a, in a season that seems to be kind of open because of so many different issues presented with this preseason, this unique preseason. But um, unfortunately the Bengals are owned two, and they've got a long, I guess now a week and a half. They've got the Eagles in week three. 
It sounds like Mike Daniels and or Geno Atkins should be back for that game. The Eagles, as we sit here tonight, are currently 0-1, a surprising loss against the Washington football team. So we'll see what happens with them in week two. But the Bengals need to heal up. Hopefully they'll also have Sean Williams. And, uh, you know, maybe a few weeks down the road, they'll also get Trey Waynes back. So they've got some guys that they're getting back. By the way, not much of an update on C.J. Ozama. So good thoughts and vibes to C.J. there. Um, Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all of your news, opinions, analysis, and updates. So keep it there. Keep it to the Orange and Black Insider for a great podcast analysis along with many other podcasts within the Cincy Jungle Network. By the way, Matt Minnick and Zim Hude are going to be bringing you listener questions live tomorrow. So tune in for that. I'm sure you've got a lot of questions, so submit those to us, and we'll get those on the air. Thanks for tuning in late on Thursday night. I'm Anthony Cazenza. Appreciate all of you. tuning in i know i know jason palmer there's there's a lot of background noise i apologize but thanks for tuning in thanks for hanging with me weekly shows that we bring in on all the podcasts keep it here we'll see you soon